I appreciate your attendance this morning, and I'm excited about um, a second um, offering, I guess, from our Grace Marriage Weekend. It is interesting, as we go through, um, I get the opportunity one weekend to facilitate and the next to participate in our Grace Marriage Weekend. Um, our, our manuals that we go through are full of just great information. Um, the um, Brad and Marilyn Rhodes, the one who put this together, do such a good job of giving applicable information to our regular lives. Uh, just, just really good information in, in ways in which we can sort of digest it and where we're at. Our scripture reading this morning was sort of a similar approach. A parable is just a simple story that gives a spiritual message. Um, and, and the interesting thing about the parables, and I appreciate Chaz sticking with me on the scripture reading, is not only reading the story, but then looking and waiting for that explanation. Um, the disciples... Um, went to Jesus. They sought him out for answers. Jesus tells a story in front of a crowd, and there are there are there are many people um, are listening to the story. And then he he just he leaves the parable there and then walks away, right? And the disciples come and they, they're seeking answers. They knock on that door and like, hey, I appreciate that story, but tell me what you're talking about. I think this is a very interesting point and one on which I want to make in front of you this morning because I believe you are those people. That you've heard a lot of stories about God. Some of you have heard them your whole life. And you're here this morning to go a little deeper in what the understanding of those stories are. Not from me, necessarily. But from the Word of God and the Holy Spirit. That some part of you this morning can approach Jesus and say, Hey, I've heard this before, but tell me what you're really talking about. Give me a new perspective. Freshen this up for me a little bit because I don't understand it like I thought I did. There could be some amongst us or listening online that said, that are saying, I don't really know what's even going on here this morning. But I kind of want to know. That's the beauty of the Word of God. And how it works and grows and moves like a spirit in our lives. It's not just some story that we know the end to. Of course you know the high points. But there's a lot of information that you can gather for it from it that not only helps you in your high points, but that gets you through your low moments. If you remember last week, um, I had a chance to say, hey, if you're with me, knock if you're with me. Um, if you've got a sign you want to hold up that says amen, I've seen those floating around. Um, but if you want to say amen, that's great. That helps me out, lets me know where you're at. Um, occasionally I'll say, hey, youth, are you with me? Um, parents, are you with me? Um, I like that. I like to know that I'm speaking to you because that's my purpose here this morning. Speaking to something to you that I think is, is good for us and, and really something good for my marriage that I think can be, um, that can be explained in a way that um, will be good for our congregation this morning. Um, our Grace Marriage, from our booklet, um, the first two paragraphs in a, a lesson called Breaking the Stranglehold. For most of us, the demands of life completely dominate our hearts, minds, and schedules. Family, church, friends, and household duties, the yard, errands, groceries, bills, sports, working out. I can get stressed just thinking about all the needs, all that needs to be done in a given week or day. So for everyone who just lost focus and are thinking about all the things you need to accomplish when you're at home, after we get done here, knock if you're with me. <laughs> you're thinking about it, all right? Get it out of your head. As a result... And this says husband and wife typically go full speed trying to get everything done. This morning, I want, you, I want to say we, as a church, typically go full speed into life trying to get all those things done. 
perhaps even dividing and conquering. And we miss each other in the process. We put away fellowship, and oftentimes that gets squeezed out by life's demands. Before you know it, you can look one day and realize it's been weeks or months or even years since you and your spouse or you and your church family or you and God got quality time together. It, um, it's very intentional that we have our Stronger Together banner up all year and that unity is a focus for us all year because there are demands and there are desires and there are things that are barriers between our relationship personally between us and God. There are things that we allow in our lives that become barriers between our relationship between each other. And the, the point of talking about unity as a focus as a church because without each other, we cannot get through those barriers alone. And I will even say, without each other, you cannot even deal with the barriers that you may have when they involve each other. We have a responsibility this morning to be open and aware and not just listen to a story, but approach seeking answers. I believe God gives answers, answers to those who are seeking. And for those who choose not to seek, they miss the most important parts of the story. In the parables, Jesus delivered those in a way that would give pique people's interest, that would explain in, a, in an easy way to a farmer or to a tax collector or someone the information he was trying to give them. But there was always more. And the sad part about those parables is oftentimes just a few got the more. The majority left and said, well, okay, that was a good story. I feel better because of it. I'm going to go about my, my, my daily work. I'm going to go about my life. I'm going to go slip back into the demands of life, and I feel like I can conquer anything this week. And before you leave, wait. There's more. There's a lot more to the parable of the weeds than just maybe a cautionary tale about judgment or maybe a way in which we try to manage the balance living in the world and living as a Christian. Maybe, uh, maybe the way in which we look at the, those, those life-sucking things around us that strangle out the, the joy in our life. Maybe those people are sitting beside you this morning. Maybe those people we left at home because we just didn't want to fight bringing them with us. And maybe those people go to another church and we're glad they're not here. Shame on us if we have that mindset. There are a lot of barriers to grace. And God broke them all by sending Jesus for us. So if you feel like I'm preaching to, this, to you this morning, I am. I'm sorry, but I'm preaching to myself as well. Our main point from our small group, God, says, May our example be worthy of imitation. May our example be worthy of imitation. May the way in which we live be something that someone would look at and say, that's worthy of following, that's worthy of being a part of, that's admirable. May the way in which we show, we recognize and respect and reflect and recommit to be worthy of imitation. Mark, I appreciate your thoughts this morning. Because we're all at a place where we must recognize that God is our creator. We must respect his awesome power. We must reflect his glory. We must recommit. And it takes daily, sometimes, recommitting. Breaking the stranglehold 
In Proverbs chapter 3, verses 5 and 6, Trust in the Lord with all your heart, and lean on, not on your own understanding. In all your ways, submit to Him, and He will make your path straight. This is encouraging and one in which we'll preach to our kids all day long because we want our kids to understand there's a path toward God and there's a, there's, a, there's a right way and a wrong way to live our lives. And on a weekly basis, daily basis, maybe hour by hour, we need to hear this ourselves because we are planning. We're planning lunch. We're planning work. We're planning vacations. We're planning opportunities. We're planning our college um, um, for our kids. We're planning um, the next steps for our family. We're planning the good things and we're planning the bad things. And are we involving God in those plans? Ben Franklin said, if you fail to plan, you plan to fail. If you fail to have a plan, you're going to fail. You should not be surprised. If you plan your life without God as a focus, plan to fail as a Christian walking in faith. You might be a very successful person in your community. You might be a very successful business person. You might be a very popular person. But your Christian walk may not be worthy of imitation. Our plans must involve God's plans because a person that thinks on their own or their own ways, um, it's, it's, it's a dangerous scenario, but the Lord weighs the heart. You may think on what you think is best, but the Lord weighs the heart. If you look at the parable in Matthew chapter 19, um, the rich young ruler, he comes up to Jesus. He's, and he's very confident. He's confident in his approach. And he says, what must I do to be saved? Teacher, what good deed must I do to have eternal life? What good thing must I do? And the rich young ruler understands he's done a lot of good things. He's followed the law. He's been a good young man. But Jesus could read his heart. If you look at interactions between Jesus and people, Jesus was aware of the heart in those interactions. And it's very important because Jesus didn't need his money. He didn't need his good deeds. He needed his devotion. He needed him to recognize who he was and recommit his life in devotion to Him. And this is a reset for all of us this morning because there are ways in which we're all distracted. And we're all looking for a source or, or, or a way or another group of people or another congregation that's going to answer that for us. And I'm sure there are better perspectives than mine out there on this topic. But don't get too far from what the Word says. And don't avoid approaching it deeper because you've heard the story and think you already know the answer. The Lord weighs the heart. And He wants your heart. He wants the desire of your heart. The demands of life can dominate our focus, the focus of our hearts. And the only way to protect ourselves from our hearts being worldly dominated, being focused on all the things we must accomplish, is to involve God, His Word, and His people in our lives as often as possible. You know, oftentimes we don't do church well. Um, I had a chance to meet with Jerry. Jerry, I hope you're still with us this morning. I'm in the hospital a few weeks ago. And you told me that um, you wish you, you felt good enough to be with us more here at church. 
And Jerry, I told you that we need to bring church to you. And, um, and oftentimes we don't get it right when it comes to worship and making sure everything flows right and, and we read the right um, scripture and we sing the right verses. But this morning, you got it right, church. We turned to Jerry and she's not with us, but she's with us. And we did church the right way this morning. We brought peace into a situation that she desperately needs and we took church to her the best way that we could in this moment. Well done this time. Tomorrow, what are we going to do to keep doing good work? It's easy to say, man, remember that one time? That was really cool. We all turned and we prayed with that person. And, and, and she, was, she wasn't with us, but she was with us. Remember that time we gave a really good sum of money to help people across the world because they were suffering. Remember that time that we circled around and we prayed with that person. I want us to be sure that that level of commitment follows today into tomorrow. And then if we're really a church that says we're going to take church to you, that we're willing to do what it takes. It's a complicated scenario. Goose, I heard you. It's a complicated scenario. It takes creativity and initiative. It takes one saying, I'm not going to be limited by what I've seen or what I think I know, but I'm going to try my best to put my heart in each scenario that I live in and live out Christ in those situations. I'm not going to let life demand of me, but I'm going to make my demands God's ways the focus of what I expect from life. It's easy for, for us to focus on life and let it make the choices. Choose to control your life and let God control those decisions. In Psalm um, 128, and we've been touching on this in our men's class. We've been talking about a kingdom man um, um, curriculum. And it says, Blessed are those who fear the Lord, who walk in obedience to Him. You will eat the fruit of your labor. Blessings and prosperity will be yours. Your wife will be like a fruitful vine within your house. Your children will be like olive shoots around your table. Yes, this will be the blessing for the man who fears the Lord. Now, why is this important this morning? Because you want to get creative in your season of life and what you're dealing with? Then make sure you're cultivating a soil around you that promotes spiritual health, that allows for growth and transformation, that gives your children an opportunity to not only see what you're trying to do, but learn from your mistakes, so then they will be a fruitful tree. So your spouse will be exactly who you hope she'd be because you're providing an environment for her to be better. Um, a quote here, ironically, from Warren Buffett says, Someone sitting in the shade today because someone planted a tree a long time ago. At some point, you know who those people are, decided that this congregation in this location connected to this, this property behind us was in way in which we could shine the light of Jesus to this community. And not just be church, but take church to where it needs to go. And today, we're sitting in the shade of those who went on before us. We have a responsibility as we think about this perspective. This sort of parable brought before us this morning. Do we continue to just enjoy the shade? Or are we planting trees? 
Are you cultivating the soil of the young ones sitting amongst you? So one day, as you're old, and as you're on, in your hospital bed saying, I wish I could be with you at church more often, someone is bringing church to you because they are your shade. Because they are a fruitful tree, and it is your time to rest. Do we have a fear as a congregation that one day it may not be as shady as it once was? It may not be as comfortable. There may not be as many strong, rooted trees amongst us to carry on the work of the Lord. We should be. Our world isn't exactly promoting Christianity in its everyday life. We have to set out on a path less traveled. We have to promote God's plans over our plans, His hearts and desires over ours, so the world will one day see that the fruit we're offering is worth taking part of. Not everybody wants to try new things, especially food. And sometimes you have something presented before you and you're like, I don't know, this is a little tough. This, this, this puts me in a position where I have to think outside of my box and I'm not really, um, I'm not really comfortable with that. Well, the Hebrew writer says in, in chapter 11, Now faith is confidence in what we hope and assurance about what we do not see. And if you go down to verse 6, it says, Without faith, it is impossible to please God. Because anyone who comes to you must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. We need to be earnest in our search for the Lord in our lives. And be intentional about taking that to other people. Because it matters. Because the kingdom matters. Because the opportunity for not just your children, but other people's children to hear about this message matters. In Colossians chapter 3. I printed this chapter out and I'm going to read it to you. Since then you have been raised with Christ, set your hearts on things above, where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things above, not on earthly things. For you died, and your life is now hidden with Christ and God. When Christ is your life appears, then you will also appear with him in glory. Put to death, therefore, whatever belongs to your earthly nature. This may not be for all of you, but some of these are there. Sexual immorality, impurity, lust, evil desires, greed, idolatry. Because of these, the wrath of God is coming. Because of these weeds growing up amongst wheat, the wrath of God will settle. The wrath of God is coming, and he will burn up those things that he does not want you to be a part of. You used to walk in these ways, in the life you once lived. But now, you must also rid yourself of such things. Anger, rage, malice, slander, filthy, filthy language from your lips. Do not lie to each other, since you have taken off your old self with its practices. And you've put on a new self, which is being renewed in knowledge, in the image of its creator. Here, there is no Gentile or Jew, circumcised or uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave or free, but Christ in all, is all and in all. Therefore, 
God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourself with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Bear with each other and forgive each other if you have any grievance against someone else. Forgive as the Lord has forgiven you, and over all these virtues put on love, which binds them all in perfect unity. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, since as members of one body we are called to peace. And be thankful. Let the message of Christ dwell among you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom through psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs, singing to God with gratitude in your hearts in whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God and the Father through Him. That sounds a little overwhelming. In whatever you do, whether in the way you act or what you say, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus. You want to take some initiative to taking church to the world? It's whatever you do. You want to take some initiative some creativity. Show Jesus when you're at lunch today. When you're sitting trying to get your license renewed at the, at the license branch. Those people need to see Jesus. That's a tough place to be Jesus. Right? <laughs> there we go. It is. It is. I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to confess this morning. Um, a year or so ago, I guess, um, I was, maybe when I purchased the Jeep, I went into the license branch, and I, I honestly say, when I go in there, I'm going to be the light to the people in there, because I know it's a tough environment, right? And it was a struggle, and there was, there was a problem, and it wasn't necessarily my fault. I was given some bad information, and I let the person know that it wasn't my fault, and I, I was given some bad information, and it was awkward. And I left feeling really bad. And I came back. I took a number, and I waited for about an hour for that lady to call my number, and I just said, I apologize for not being as nice as I should have been to you the other day. I don't have any business here today other than to let you know I should have been better. And that's not me trying to show you how good I am. That's, that's how hard it is at times to do this in all things. And get creative. Sometimes that creativity requires you to pull a number and wait in a scenario that you don't want to be in. Pull that number and stare at it. And let it be a reminder of what you got yourself into. Because your circumstances you cannot run from. And your sins, they will follow you. And one day, you're either going to grow up like wheat or be choked out by the weeds. And God will decide where your heart is. We have an opportunity as a church to be creative and take initiative and show people that we love them no matter what. And it's hard work. But it's worthy work. May our lives be worthy of imitation. May the way in which people see us, they equate Jesus with our lives. That's why we're here this morning. I don't care if people want to be the businessman that you are, or the pilot that you are, or the funny young man that you are, or the, um, the YouTube, um, YouTube um, person who has 100 subscribers. Congratulations, Carson. But that's not, that's not the highest point in your life, young man. And it's cool 
and it's something worthy of praise, but we've got higher standards. Four keys to freedom this morning. Freedom is what you get when you break the stranglehold from the barriers of life around you. The four keys, you must plan to succeed, and God has to be a part of those plans. If you've got plans today, and they don't involve God, change those plans. If you've got plans today that you think are going to get you where you want to go, and they don't involve being humble and kind to God's people, change those plans. If you've got plans today, and you think you can walk out of here without dealing with the issues that we have as a church family, you better change those plans. Because those are weeds that are going to strangle you out no matter where you go, and you cannot run from them. Invest in time. Invest time in the important things. And there are things that are more important than others. Invest time in those things. In your relationship to your spouse and to your kids and their growth in the spirit and the kingdom of God. Invest in those things because those things will provide fruit for you and your church long beyond your days. Those things are going to be the things that are holding your hand when you're on your deathbed and you don't know where to turn, but you just want to be at church more often. You better hope that church turns to you and finds creative ways to bring church to you this morning. Jerry, we love you. I don't know how to love you, but we're trying our best. Initiate relationships with people who need Jesus. People that walk in your house to do work because they have a job, but they don't understand what they walk themselves into. Initiate the relationships with those people. No matter if they're struggling, no matter if they're lost, no matter if you can say, yes, they are weeds. Cultivate their soil. Give them the reason to be wheat. And be creative. Use it. Use creativity in all that you do. And involve joy in creativity. And it's contagious. Our world is creative in ways in which it will tear you down. The sad part about YouTube, Carson, is that the comments that you read, those hundred followers, if they're your friends, it will be very uplifting and very good for you. But the majority of people who put themselves out to the world and says, here I am, and I'm trying to be this person, will tear you down because they want those hundred followers that you have. Because they want the riches and the rewards that they think you're receiving from that. Make sure you're surrounding yourself by people who are cultivating your soil and be creative in the ways in which we do that. The 621 challenge is from Matthew 621. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. What does the world see when it sees you? What would be the one word the world would use to describe you? If the world could see your heart, and guess what? They can. They see your heart by what you spend your money on, by where you spend your time, by the way in which you respond to circumstances, good or bad, by how friendly you are, how loving you are. They see you. What word are they going to use to describe you? We want to be imitators of Jesus, and we want to tell people that we are. We don't get to tell people with those wor with words oftentimes. Oftentimes, the story that we speak, the parable that we set out, the simple story that describes something much more important to us, it's said by our actions. And oftentimes, it's unintentional. It's not planned. It's not God first. And we regret it. Nine times out of ten, we regret it. And we wish we could go back and do it. And guess what? This morning you can. God's mercy is more because every day His mercies are new. And He has forgotten about things that you won't forgive yourself for. 
And you remind him of those things when you sin again, but he's already forgotten about it. And he's like, oh, this is new. It's not new to you. It's new to him every time. Let me remind you, if you've forgotten, God's grace can cover your sin. And what's strangling you out, or what you fear the most, or what's keeping you from being stronger together in your marriage, in your family, in your church, in your community, they can all be solved by God. Our community needs to hear it as much as we do this morning. So what are the barriers? It may be um, a few yards of carpet. It may be turning to the person that you're struggling with and actually having a conversation with them before you walk away. It may mean not just living a good life silently, but publicly declaring that you believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God and that you want to walk in a way that will make you a disciple of Christ. Not one who sits amongst his people and listens to good stories, but one who seeks him out later and says, tell me more about this. Tell me more. Give me more information about what this parable of life is really about. Let's us be those people who are seeking that out so others will look to seek that out in us. This morning, it's a, it's a lot. It's an everyday choice, an everyday decision to not only live church, but take church to people. And well done, church. You did it right this morning. You came. You looked pretty nice. We turned, and we did something we've never done before. And what I'm asking you to do is try to find ways to do that every day. Turn to someone in your life and show them Jesus in a way that they've never seen before. And when they go to say, hey, that was really cool or good job, glorify God through it. Show them where that source comes from in your life. Landon, we're going to sing a song. We're going to stand and sing that song. If you have a need, come forward. If you want to walk in, in Christ, you want to take him on in baptism, you want to take... Um, uh, you want to take that, um, that bold choice to say, you know what, Satan, I don't care what you expect or what you want. I'm choosing a different path. Then make that choice. And if your struggle is real and you need someone to talk to, go to the back and talk to one of our shepherds, one of our elders who will help you in that struggle. I love you and I'm glad that you're here. And I wouldn't want to walk beside anyone else.